Welcome to the Lead Her Ship podcast with your host, Meredith Franklin. Join me every week as I interview different women who share their stories of success through failure. We will be giving valuable tips on relationships, business, health, mindset, and more to help you lead the life you deserve. I'm so excited you're here. Let's jump in. excited. Welcome to the show today. I have Natasha Hemingway on this interview. You guys, she is a successful, very successful business coach and speaker. And I'm just stoked for you guys to hear all of the wisdom and value she's got to give today and hear her story. So Natasha, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay. So let's just dive right in. We have so many women who are in the entrepreneur section, whether it's network marketing, whether they own their own business or small business. And I just know they're going to find so much value from you because you really talk about selling with the heart and not hustle. And that is what really attracted me to you because I think that that is so missing in the marketplace. So why don't you share with us because you are successful and typically successful people go through a lot of setbacks. So what type of setbacks have you gone through that have actually been really set ups to where you are today? Yeah, that is so good. Okay. So as a sales coach and a speaker, let me speak to that first. Like I think it's important to, and I love that you ask about the setbacks because I think the setbacks are what let other people, other women entrepreneurs know that, wow, like, oh, she's there, but she's just like me. I can relate. I connect to that. And I always tell my clients that or anywhere I'm speaking, I'm like, listen, I'm just like you. I just continue to push through the fear and which is what got me here. So to start out, I came out of college with a biology degree and then came straight into a sales position. So I did pharmaceutical sales for eight years And then I did medical device sales for eight years. And so medical device sales was a totally different beast. It was a totally different hustle, grind, aggressive, intense. Like it was just another level, but a lot of money and a lot of opportunity. But within that, I would say around 2013, a lot changed for us as a family. In 2013, we had our first son. And we were pregnant and went full term and then ended up losing our son. Unexpected, obviously very tragic. And I'll tell you that setback, that experience changed my entire life. It changed all of our lives. It changed me as a woman, as far as how I saw my life, how I wanted to honor my son's life and really asking myself these questions, like deep questions, like, What's my purpose? What's my calling? What do I really want to do? Because when you, I think sometimes when you're really, really low place, you start to search and seek for the things that bring you joy and it makes you reevaluate things. And when you are searching for those things and you start realizing, wow, I'm just kind of living out of a place of complacency. And it's like, none of these things really bring me joy and it's not my calling. You start to ask yourself, okay, am I going to stay here or am I going to pivot? Like, what are you going to do? And so for me, we went on a vacation. My husband and I go on an adult vacation just by ourselves every year. And that summer, I remember us going on vacation and coming back home. And I remember saying to my husband, 
I feel like I know I'm made for more. I know I have a calling on my life, but I don't know exactly what it is. I know I want to do my own thing, but I don't know what that thing is. And I'll never forget, Meredith, my husband trying to reverse engineer me into like what that thing was, right? So he's like, you know, think about this or what do you like all this? And I remember getting down to the bottom of it and I was like, I just love people. And he was like, babe, that's not a business. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but I just love people. And I feel like I'm drawn to serve people in some way. And with that, you know, the deal, you go come back from vacation, you have these thought provoking thoughts, but if you don't have like any direction or something that's like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. You just kind of go back to the regular, you go back to doing the same old, same old. But I remember growing more and more miserable. I remember growing, I would have more and more of like a yearning in my gut that was just like, this isn't it. This isn't it. How much longer can I do this? Even though I was making all this great money, and I remember at that point, I ended up getting promoted to senior territory sales manager. And I was the only African-American female with that position across the division, across our country. And it was a really big deal, Meredith, because it took me, you have to have like two years of proven sales experience, leadership, all this stuff. You have to get approved, qualify, all this to get it. So once I got it, it was such a big deal. But then after I got it, I was in that position and I remember maybe about five to six months, I end up getting pushed out of that position. And that right there was like what felt like at that point, another huge blow, another huge setback, another really like, oh, what am I going to do now? I'm called to something, but I still don't know what it is. And it was so apparent, Meredith, like literally God was pressing on me so hard. Now, when I look back, is that I was trying to still default back to that comfort zone of like, oh, well, I'll just, I guess the expected thing to do is just go get another medical device sales job, keep making good money. But it got to a point, Meredith, like every time I thought about updating my resume or even getting on LinkedIn, like I have been at that job for so long, I didn't even have a LinkedIn profile, like nothing. I wasn't looking for a job. And every time I would go to take steps to go back to that, I would physically get sick in my gut, in my belly, I would get sick. I would cry and all that. And so I knew the guy was saying, that is not it. That is over. That is finished. But I didn't have a plan. And I, being a recovering type A perfectionist, which I fully own and admit, I'm always in recovery. Being in that space, I didn't have a plan. So I was like, I don't know what to do. This doesn't make sense. And I remember my husband, it was really him stepping up for me and having faith in me when I really didn't have it in myself. And him saying, I don't know what it is, but it's not that. He was like, you being a happy wife and a happy mom, because then we got pregnant again and had our second son in 2014. He was like, that's not it. Whatever you do, he was like, that's not it. Because I don't want you making a bunch of money and being miserable. Like, that's not a way to live. And I don't want you living like that. And at the time, Meredith, I had taken a small leap and started doing health coaching. And I was actually in the middle of studying for my health certification and buckled down. And he was like, why don't we take a leap of faith? He was like, you had been saying that you wanted to retire yourself from this medical device job with this business. And like build it up, right? Because my thing was, I was like, I'm going to build this business up to match the salary and then I'll retire myself from this company. And it's funny how like we have these plans or what we think are the plans for our life. And God's like, ha ha ha, watch this. 
And so he was like, maybe this is God saying, do you trust me? Will you take the leap? It might not look like what we thought it was supposed to look like, but do you trust me? And he was like, I'm giving you the okay to do it. You now have to make that decision. And I literally had to really step into prayer, step into faith and own that and say, okay, if I say I want this, am I willing to step forward in faith? You know, and I prayed about it. Um, I got answers on it. We went to our financial advisor. We took the leap. But then, Meredith, we said we would give it a year. And we got in and I was, I come from a sales background. It's all I've pretty much done. And I know about forecasting, planning, 30, 60, 90 day plan, having it laid out, everything, right? I had a plan. I was not working this network marketing job as a health coach, like a side hustle. No, it was my full-time thing. I was working it as if I was still a full-time employee and a business owner. So it was I'm grinding, hustling. And now I realize that energy was wrong, but I was trying to make sure that I did everything that I could to make it work. And I get nine months in Meredith and it's like not working, like screeching halt. And I remember panicking being like, oh my gosh, this isn't it. Like, what am I going to do now? Freaking out, Meredith. And I remember one of my really good friends, we would meet at Starbucks after we put our kids down. We would talk. We would shut the Starbucks down. We would laugh, cry, worship, pray, all things. And I remember coming to her in just angst. And I'll never forget in August of 2017, she said to me that day at that Starbucks that night, she said, she's like, hold on. She's like, do you mean to tell me that you are playing God that small because the thing that you got a yes from him on and you took a leap of faith on didn't work out? Like now you're playing him that small, like he can't do exceedingly abundantly. He can't take you to your next. And I was like, you know me, I operate out of honesty. I was like, well, if you're asking, then yes, yes, I am playing him small <laughs> because I don't see any other way. What I'm going to do, I have to go back to this. Da, 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 da. And she was like, okay, my second question to you is, is she said, do you think the only thing God created you to be good at was one, being a sales rep or two, being a health coach? And I was like, no. And she said, exactly. And then she was like, and now I'm asking you to step up and I'm asking you to go pray about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Pray with me. Give me the answers. You know how like when you're desperate, Meredith, and you're in this, just this season, this valley, and you feel like you cannot see forward. You can't see left, right. That you can't see anything and you feel lost, confused, lonely, like all the things because you don't have any direction. And when I felt like that, she challenged me. She said, no, go pray about it. And I literally left there, drove home. I remember where I was on the interstate and I remember having my hands on the wheel and the word that dropped in my spirit was surrender. And I, Meredith, exactly that. Listen, Meredith. My face was the exact same and my words out of my mouth were this. I was like, no, surrender does not work for me. Lord, don't you know me? I'm type A perfectionist. I need to have a plan. I need to know where I'm going. What do you mean? Surrender means I don't get up and I don't work this business tomorrow. Surrender means I don't have a plan. You mean like take my hands off of everything? This is me having a conversation. Like this is how I talk to God. I'm like, let's keep this real. Like that doesn't work for me. And Meredith, and he came after me hard that night. I remember getting home. My husband was already asleep. I get in the bed, I'm scrolling and I see a sermon snippet. And what was the message on surrender? No joke, Meredith. 
I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to sleep. Just put this to bed. I can't even deal with any more tonight. I'm exhausted. Get up the next morning, I'm taking my son to school. One of my best friends, one of my childhood best friends sends me a message, separate message, and the message was on surrender. Again, number two. Then again, I'm driving home and I'm listening to a song and the song is about surrender. So I finally take my hands off the wheel as I'm driving. I'm like, okay, got it. Surrender. Done. I'm taking my hands off the wheel. That's what I said out loud. And from that point on, Meredith, when I gave it up and I surrendered it, that's when things started to fall in place. Let's see. That was August. And then four months after that in December, I got accepted. An opportunity came to me to apply for a speaker coaching program. I got accepted in that speaker coaching program. It was a nine month program, took me internationally to speak all these opportunities. And then out of that, women were asking me to help them, to coach them. And then that's where my coaching business started developing from is being able to serve those women beyond the platform, serving them beyond after I spoke and left. And it was all God, like just doing a work. So all of those things, I say all of that to share because I like being upfront vulnerable, authentic, and honest, because I never want anyone to look at me and think that, oh, I just got here. No, this has been God's hand on my life. And all of the setbacks or the breakdowns literally were my breakthroughs that got me to where I am today. Right, right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And there's so much that you said in there that I just need to address. Number one, you have a husband who is rooting for you, who's behind you, who is praying for you and pushing you and kind of like, I like the iron being sharpened iron here. He's just like a rock. And then you had that woman in your life who challenged you too, which you guys like, that's just, I would encourage you if you don't have someone in your life like that, you need to find them because those people speak life and challenge you to push you to who you should be. And then you, you're so much like me in the sense it's like, no Lord, let me just control the situation. I know way better. (laughs) I got this. Yes. Yeah. Don't worry, Lord. I got this. Just stop. So you noticed signs. So you were aware you were fully aware and God was speaking to you in ways that you needed to be spoken to. So I think sometimes, you know, we were like, the Lord's not speaking to us, but you were aware, you were looking for signs and he's going to speak to you how you need to be spoken to. And, but you just, that was it. The thing was you had to fully remove your hands from the wheel and say, Lord, fine. Yep. I'm going to do it, whatever, fine, whatever. Then this speaking gig put in your lap. And, and I think it's important too, to notice that happened. And then you said, yes, like you have to step out of the boat into the water to make the first step to see the miracles happen. So he'll shut the door if that's not the right door, you know, Mm -hmm. like he did with your medical sales. So he shut that door and then you were trying to, you know, apply and do things on LinkedIn. He's like, no, 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 he's going to make, I'm going to make you sick. (laughs) Like that's not, yes. so you had to point that out. I just think it's so critical and to where you are now. So you guys, that's the thing too. Like, like she's saying is you don't just become a success overnight. She's worked really hard on it. And here's what I want to help you with too, because she's so good at it. And she shares on stage and stuff too, is like your, how to have faith over fear Yes. and your worthiness, what you're worth. So let's go into, let's first go into faith over fear. Yeah. Yeah. So the faith over fear that came out of that season, out of that season of surrender is where I had 
that whole fear to faith cycle developed and it developed into speaking about it on stage and it developed into coaching it to my clients. It, all of that came out of that season because let me tell you, every single one of us has fear. None of us are absent from fear. It's actually, let me go a little nerdy on you with my biology degree. It's actually a natural survival instinct, right? It's, it's, it's healthy that we have it, but there's a difference between real fear and false fear. And that false fear is like when your subconscious is nagging, it's in your ear telling you you're not good enough, that you're not ready, you're not the one, you aren't called, you aren't qualified, you're, whatever that thing is, that's your subconscious is talking and that's that false fear. And we have a decision, but you have to be aware, but we have a decision to make, are we going to listen to that or are we not? But a lot of times we get so caught up in believing the lies and then we feed the lies too right? And your subconscious, um, neuroscientists have studied it where they say that 90% of the time your subconscious is running the show. And that is of or which the part of the brain concerning the part of the brain that is not aware, but it has the ability to affect your emotions and your actions. Like, whoa, like you're not even aware that it's happening and it's running the show 90% of the time. That's pretty scary. But when you know that, you can actually start shifting yourself to an awareness to be like, is that my thought? Like, is that true? So I talk a lot about understanding the fear to face cycle. It's like five steps. It's life event. It's fear, which fear is one of the biggest pieces to it is understanding what your fears are, real fear, false fear, when your subconscious is talking. And one of the biggest things I teach my clients is, is when your subconscious speaks to you and it says like, you're not good enough to do that, or you'll fail, whatever it is, ask yourself, is it true and insert your name? So I'm gonna give you an example. Is it true, Natasha, that you're going to fail? Is it true, Natasha, that you're not good enough? And the bottom line is my answer to that, to both of those is no, that's not true because I don't have anything to back that up, Meredith. And I want to be rooted in truth, right? So if I, if those aren't true and I don't have any evidence to back that up, then at that point, you go to the next step in the cycle, which is the pause part of the cycle, which is all about how do you take your power back? And in your moment of pause, instead of making decisions or choices from fear, it's necessary to hit pause next so that you can actually take your power back and root yourself in your truths and knowing your worth and what you are and that you already are enough. Even if you do it scared, it's okay right? But it's taking your power back. And then choices is the next step is a fourth step, which is all about how do you make new choices at this point from a place of truth? Because you pick that up in the pause section and not fear. Because when we make choices out of fear, those aren't healthy. That's the stuff that holds you back. But when you can pause and take your power back and stand in your truth, then you can make choices that will prepare you forward to the fifth step in the cycle, which is action. And so get into that. What have you seen with the women that you've coached with walking them through this? What have you seen? Have you seen people like, you know, totally come out and be like, wow, that was such a lie that I was believing. And then once they step into that faith and they like take that action, what have you seen? Oh my God. This is what I always say too. Listen, I don't ever want to sound like there's something great about me. It's just me giving God my best yes and being obedient and open to the things that he gives me, i.e. in the surrender season came this fear to faith cycle, which allows me to then share it with other women. So let me say that first. But to see these women 
the women who take a hold of this. So I've ran probably about three ambitious women collectives and it's a group coaching program. And to see these women take hold of it, I promise you, I'll give you one example, one out of probably the 45 women. Okay. One example, she is a dental hygienist at my dentist office. She follows me on Instagram and she was like, Hey, I see this thing that you're doing. No, I had a live event and I launched it from there. I did this ambitious women um, live surprise celebration party where it was like, hey, you're an ambitious woman, business owners, entrepreneurs, moms, whatever, come out, I'm celebrating you. I paid for the whole thing, threw it, celebrated them and launched this collective there. The most beautiful night ever, sold out, the, it was amazing. And she stood up in that room and she talked about her fears and the things that were holding her back. And she wanted to go back to school and another woman that was in that room, because she didn't have the money to financially do it, paid for her enrollment into the Ambitious Women Collective. And this Ambitious Women Collective was all about four weeks about teaching the fear to faith cycle. She took a hold of this thing. She changed her life. She got in school. She let go of bad relationships. She has a son that's autistic. Like there's all these things in her life. And literally she just sings it now. Like she knows her purpose. She knows her calling and she does not let fear hold her back because now she has this tool. And she, I was just in the dentist's office, what, maybe three weeks ago. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have a new relationship and I set boundaries and da 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 da. She's in school and she's killing it in school right now. And her son and her daughter are thriving and they see it. And even to the point, Meredith, that one of the other patients came in the office and was like, I, there's something about you that's changed. Like you're glowing. Like the patient said that to her and she was like, this is what it is. You need to go talk to Natasha. It was like, it, that's the stuff, Meredith. Like it really does. It changed my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is because I know that it has the power to change other people's lives. When you take a hold of something, right, it will change your life. When you start deciding that you want to root yourself in truth and you stop believing the lies and you understand that it's normal to have fear, but it's more important to learn how to move through the fear so that you can step into what you're called to do because your calling is not about you. Let me say this too. Your calling is not about you. It's beyond you. It's about the women and the people. It's not just women, but the people that you're going to impact and touch beyond your wildest dreams by you saying yes to what you've been purposed for, whether you think you are equipped or not. It's not about you. It's beyond that. It's the people that you'll impact when you step into that and say yes to it. Right. And you're just unlocking that for them. You're like, just um, you're being used with your gifts and then you're helping them unlock what they're really called to do. But the enemy wants to shut you up and be like, no, 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 no. That Meredith, that right there, that right there is using your gifts and sharing it with others, mm -hmm. being of service, bringing value, um, honoring others, honoring other women and their gifts. Mm -hmm. And it, that's it. It's just key. I always say, just give God your best. Yes. Give it your best yes. Whatever you're doing, give it your best yes. It doesn't matter if you got to figure it out. It doesn't matter if you feel qualified. It doesn't matter if you think you're not good enough. It, it doesn't matter. Just take fast action. I tell my sales clients who are entrepreneurs, business owners, network marketing, you name it. Take fast action. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like people get so paralyzed. And so I think it's so important to take that fast action so they can't think about anything, but for those entrepreneurs, for those business owners, 
how do you sell with the heart? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the word hustle is so in right now. Mm-hmm. So how are we selling with the heart, not hustle? And I think of, you know, selling with hustle, a car salesman every time. There you go. It's become this like popular word. And, you know, our mutual friend, Karina, she's like my sister, my biz bestie, like that's my girl. But anyway, she talks a lot about that too, is like this hustle culture, right? And this grind. And it all it is, is this, this like you said, is this buzzword, is this popular thing and people have caught on to it and they think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm being a girl boss if I do. No, 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 no. If you don't like being hustled, then stop hustling other people, especially when you're a business owner and you're an entrepreneur, no one wants to be hustled. So selling with heart is, is the confidence is knowing your value, your worth, and why do you why do you do what you do? Why are you passionate about what you do? But even beyond that, it's about showing up in service, um, bringing value, being the expert lead guide that they know you are, which goes back, goes back to your confidence and your worth of knowing that what you do is what you do and how you do it, and, and nobody can take that away from you. And I told my clients last week in the sales collective, I'm like, listen, stop devaluing yourself when people have already qualified you and see you as somebody valuable that they want to come to, to possibly buy something from, like stop backing out of that by devaluing yourself because of your own self-limiting beliefs. No, thank you. Step up, lead that person, guide them. But here's the disconnect though, Meredith, is that a lot of people don't know how to do that because No one, when you go to build a business or become an entrepreneur, nobody tells you or trains you in like how to sell because a lot of women are fearful of it. They don't like the word. They feel like it's got to be icky. And so Heart Not Hustle is all about speaking in your authentic sales voice, like your authentic voice and having a sales process for your business. Because a lot of times people want to build the business, but then they don't even think about the fact that, oh, wow, I need to sell the business. I need to sell the products. I need to sell myself. You know, whatever the thing is, they forget about that part. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's that's your foundation. And as women, we have to be really careful because we're very, very, very passionate about our businesses. We build businesses we're passionate about, but passion does not equal profit. You have to be a responsible business owner you have to have a sales process. You need to show up as the expert lead guide so that you can sell with confidence, ease, and grace, and heart, and so that you can have a thriving business. But it's just that people people don't have sales processes. Um, they don't know how to do it, so they get stuck, and they're just kind of winging it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So then kind of walk us through like what, cause I think the biggest thing is going to be confidence in their self belief in their self that they deserve, that they're worthy, that whatever. Um, but kind of walk us through what that, I guess. Okay. Give us an example for you, for you promoting your coaching. Like, what does that look like? I know you, you had an eight day free thing and you kind of told me about that. So kind of tell me like, how do you sell yourself in your coaching? Yeah. So for me, like, for example, today I just launched this holiday heart, not hustle, personalized sales system call, right? 90 minute call, whatnot. So for me, I feel like number one, the confidence piece, let me speak to that. The confidence piece is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Like, do you believe in it? 
Because I think a lot of women get pulled into things or they step into businesses because someone else is doing it or they see that woman making a lot of money. It looks lavish. It looks great. Sure, I can do it. And it goes back to you centering back with yourself and saying, is this what I desire? So I talk a lot about meaningful success and sales coaching, right? Meaningful success is creating and cultivating what matters to you most and brings you purpose and joy. Not what you think you should be doing, not what you think is going to make you a lot of money, not what your friend is doing and you're going to follow in her footsteps because you think that might be good for you too, not what your parents think you should be doing, not your spouse, but like, are you honoring what you desire and what brings you purpose and joy? That's number one, because when you're there, then you can list out 20, 30 reasons of like why you believe in it. So like the work that I do around meaningful success, fear, sales, I believe in it. I know that I've been given this gift and I believe in giving this gift away to people, giving it to people, right? And letting them step up and into what they say they desire. So me having my confidence about my space. Now, your space, your lane, Meredith, like I'm not going to go step over in your lane because that's not my gift. That's your gifting. But I know my lane, but I've taken the time to figure out with prayer and supplication, I've taken the time to figure out what that is and then being good at that craft, like working on my craft, developing, growing. I've said this and I say it openly. I have had a coach Four, five months before I ever launched my business, I've had a coach and I've had a coach ever since then. You should never not be learning. You should never think you have it figured out. And so put your ego down, please. <laughs> but it's, it's number one, the biggest confidence thing in business and selling yourself is knowing why you do what you do and believing in it enough that you feel like it is such a gift that you can't keep it to yourself. So that's the first thing that for me is like, is this in alignment with me? Can I serve? And do I believe that people really need this and I can deliver on that? Because there's a lot of people out here too talking about what they do and they really, it's not their lane. They're not really like able to deliver on that. So that's one thing is operating out of integrity, believing in what you do and why you're doing it and being so in love with it that you feel like you cannot not talk about it, that you would feel bad by hiding it. Like it's that much of your gift and your calling. So I think that's the first thing to answer your question around confidence. That is one of the biggest things that goes into sales is confidence and not cockiness. It's a difference, but confidence. And then the second part of that is realizing that you're there in service of other people. So often as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're so focused on what we want to sell people instead of focusing on that person that you're serving and finding out what they need and why they want it. What does it mean to them? Why do they need it? What are their stress? What are their pain points? Just sit back, be quiet and ask questions. And I mean, they'll reveal it all to you. And that's why I tell people, you know, you need to know how to run a sales conversation, a sales call, whether that happens in the DMs, the PMs, email, a Zoom, you have to understand how to lead them through that conversation. A lot of people don't. And so I think that's the other thing is being in service and bringing value because you're asking someone to exchange their hard-earned money for your expertise or value or product. So bring value first, like stop trying to take from people and be so quick to sell them before you do that. Right. So. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. And I think the worthiness piece of, we can get into this too, 
Cause you were saying you've got to have confidence. It's got to feel good to you to offer the amount that you're offering. It's like, let's just say $500 for a 60 minute phone call. If that doesn't feel good, like it's really awkward for you to share that and possibly, obviously your confidence needs to be boosted, you know, in what you have to offer. But you know, that is a worthiness piece. So finding a price that you feel is you have the value to give. They're willing to put skin in the game. But I love what you said about like, you are so excited about it. You know, you have no faltering either way. If someone said, no, this is crap. This coaching is crap. It's like, well, you didn't do the thing. I told you what to do and you didn't do the thing. And I gave you so much value and expertise. So if you have that unshakable belief in yourself, I think that is so first and foremost key, like you said, so, so good. Yeah. So that with that, but then also, you know, you said this, there's the six steps to getting the sale uh, or the six things that people won't buy from you. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a big one. And so the six steps of, or the six, I'll name a few as to why people don't buy from you. Cause a lot of times people, you talked about something pricing, pricing is for sure a energy. It is an alignment thing. It is a confidence piece and there's a way to communicate that. And a lot of times we assume people aren't buying from us because of our price. And that is not it. That's not it. That's not it. I'll tell you why that's not it. The reason why that's not it is really getting down to understanding the reasons why people don't buy, right? Number one, they don't see value in it. Number two, they don't believe you. Number three, there's no sense of urgency for them. There's not an urgent need. Number four is like cash flow. They don't have it. Five, they don't believe it'll work for them. And then six, they don't believe you. So out of those six reasons, it's understanding that and being able to recognize and like pick up on it, right? But when you're in a conversation with someone, when you are aware of those things, you're able to recognize it and you're able to help bring and guide. That's why I said you need to show up on your sales conversations as the expert lead guide. You need to guide them through that conversation and you need to help them see some things that may be blocking them. And so the one, so when you understand those six reasons why people don't buy, then your next step is realizing, oh, like that's not my pricing. I don't have anything to do with it. It's not pricing. A lot of times the biggest reasons why people aren't buying and why you're not able to close the sale is this not congruent. Whatever you're offering is not congruent, meaning you are not talking to the right person. Whatever you're offering is not right for them. And you have to be confident in that. But it's also knowing who you're talking to because we get so caught up. This is hustle mode that we want to sell the thing to everybody. We want to sell all the things to everybody. We want everybody to be our customer. And that's, that's not true. That's wrong. Everybody is not going to be your customer. And you want the people who are in alignment with you. It is congruent for them. It's in alignment for them. And then you can help get them there. So you got to make sure you're talking to the right people as well. And people, I think, skip that part and you hear it called niching or ideal client or whatever. Bottom line is your offer needs to be congruent. You need to be talking to the right people. And I think another big thing around that is when you know that it's like what I tell clients when I do a, I always offer a free, anybody can go on my website, anywhere, my LinkedIn profile, I'm at my Um, Instagram profile, anywhere, and book in a free 30-minute strategy call, right? So when we get off that call and, well, we get to the end of the call, I tell them 
every single person, listen, I'm not selling you anything. I'm giving you an opportunity to make a decision. This needs to be your best yes, because here's the deal. What matters to me more than anything is that you show up, not your money. Money comes and goes like in, out. But what's more important to me is that how you show up and that this being right for you, because I, like you said earlier, Meredith, I'm going to give you my all. Like there is nothing that you can walk away saying about me that's like, oh, she did not give me, she did not deliver. Uh-uh, <laughs> you're not going to catch me with that. Like I'm going to bring my A game and I expect you to do the same. But if it's really for you and you want it, you're, you're going to be like, yes, sign me up. Like I, I need this, I want this. And I feel like you're the person to help me get there. Right. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot that happens before you get to that point. But just in that conversation around pricing and why people don't buy, I think it's important. I, yeah. I just want to show that part too. Yeah, I think that's massive. And I kind of want to ask you, so two things. So first off, who is like your ideal woman that you work with, your like avatar woman that you work with? So for me, it's service-based, product-based entrepreneurs, females. I prefer females. I will work with males. I'm not opposed. I have a male client right now. And then one that's about to sign up. But who I speak to when you look on my Instagram and who I relate to obviously the most is a female service-based, some are product-based entrepreneurs and who want growth, right? Who are taking their business serious and they want growth. It literally is that clear. Like she don't need to look like a certain way. No, 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 no. I don't get down to all that. I'm talking about she has a desire to step up and grow. She recognizes, hey, I desire this and I am willing to step up and do the work to get it. Because I have met people where they're wanting me to convince them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This, this needs to be you convincing yourself. So it just honestly come with a willingness to work and to go after what you desire and to work through the imperfections because we all have them. Yeah. So and drop good. the ego. No ego here. This is all yes. about growth. That's good. That's good. And then I really wanted to know, like, what work did you do to, I guess, have the confidence for your pricing? So what books did you have to read? What like inner work did you have to like your money blueprint? What did you do to get to the price that you're like, this feels so good. And you're like discounts, you know what I mean? Like kind of like an iPhone, like an iPhone is what it is, is what it is. And you find that value in it. Everybody wants it. So what work did you do for on yourself that you can recommend to them? Yeah. I would say one of the biggest things is the first work you need to do is on yourself is your money story. Cause let me tell you, there are a lot of us out here that have money stories and that's okay. That's okay. But I don't think that I recognize because there's one thing when you sell in corporate, you're selling someone else's product, right? And you're dangling that product in front. And so you can hide behind that. But when it comes over to this entrepreneurial space, I had to make a big pivot and I had to realize like, wow, a lot of the things that I've done for 16 years, they're great, but this is going to require for me to level up and to get past my upper limit and really step into some growth. And a lot of that was the personal growth around my money story and what I felt like I was worthy of or, oh, I haven't made, I mean, I've made a lot of money in my life, but I haven't made this kind of money, you know? So like understanding that I'm worthy of that and that I am capable of producing that on my own for myself, not through another company, but for myself. And that is okay. And then understanding to working through my money mindset. And that's a constant thing for me, Meredith. It's like, 
I feel like we all have these things. And so for me, I know that's one thing for me. And so it's like, I give it time and effort over and over prayer, meditation, affirmations. And I think it comes with time too. So over time, you start to see that, wow, like the work that I'm doing impacts other people. And so my exchange for my expertise and my gifting, my value, I need to be able to say that fully with confidence and it energetically come over. Like I'm saying, pass the salt. Like there's nothing like, Oh, I don't feel comfortable. Like if you're feeling like that about your pricing, you got to do some inner work because nobody else should really be setting your pricing to. And if you're in network marketing and the pricing is what it is, that definitely is inner work that you have to do. So money mindset, working with someone, girl, I've had a coach the whole time. I've always had a coach, but doing that work to work on yourself and have those breakthroughs, um, listening to podcasts, um, books like happy pocket full of money, um, the upper limit, like there's different books and things that I'm always keeping my head. Like I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm like things that refreshing, fulfilling, all those things, like feeding myself with those things that I need that continue to allow me to level up. Yes. Yes. So good. And I think a lot of times like the place that I came from, and I don't know if you can relate to this. So I read the book secrets of the millionaire mind by T Harv Eckerd, totally life-changing. You are a badass at making money. So good. Love Jen Sincera. So, so good. And so I highly recommend those books, but before I read those, I had like this, like self-worth thing, almost like I would love to hear what you, if you can relate to this, a Christian mindset of if you're poor, then you're more not holy, but like you're closer to God. I don't know. Give away all of your things, be poor and blah, blah, blah. That's, it's just this mindset that I grew up in. And even my former church that I was in, like same thing, give it all away. I, I mean, I'm a giver. I'll give you the clothes off my back, but it's not like I deserve abundance. Like that was not in the language of the church. I would be curious to hear if that's how you were raised too. It wasn't until network marketing and these books that I was like, oh, God wants me to be in abundance. God wants me to live in this. He wants me to have everything and people with money do good things. And we are the kingdom. Like we're building the kingdom. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't raised that way, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I think that culture is, I think it is breaking away now in the churches that we are part of now and that we see rising up and leading. I think we are breaking away from that because Biblically, he doesn't call us to be broke, poor, paupers. No, he wants us to have abundance and steward it well. So it's all about the stewardship, to steward it well, right? Not be greedy, not covet, like things like that, but to steward it well. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And that that's one of those things that when things like that come up, that's a core belief. And I do that with my clients too, is to get to the root of what your core beliefs are, because you need to start uprooting your core beliefs so that you can move past that. Because otherwise those things keep coming up and they keep coming up and they keep coming and you're like, why can I not move past this? Well, do you know what your core beliefs are? You got to get to the root of that so you can start breaking through and creating new patterns and habits and new ways of being, living, accepting, receiving all of that. So I totally understand what you're talking about. For me, it was more of like the hardships that I saw my mom go through, like, losing my dad at two months, my mom going back to nursing school, seeing my mom get breast cancer in high school, her losing her mom to breast cancer when she was gone. Mine's was all these hardship things that I saw happening. That's like, 
this takes us down a notch. This takes us down a notch. Now we're struggling. Now we're struggling. We're trying to make it. We're pushing. My mom's working two and three jobs. Yeah, all of that. That's where mine came from. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I think we all have them. And, and so, yeah, you're right. Like once you identify what that lie or whatever it is for you, then you can move past it, but it does take work. And it took even in the book, the secrets of the millionaire mind, he's like, listen to this book every month for 12 months. It's going to increase that thermostat that I didn't believe that I guess like in my head, I was like a hundred thousand dollars is so it's like modest. Like it's really good. Like that's, that's not, it's not like asking for too much. It's not like, I'm not greedy. Right. Because if I ask for more, I'm a greedy person. So mm-hmm. I didn't think I deserved because that was like a normal number, I guess. I don't even know where that number came from, but anyway, and then I realized, Oh wait, no, like <laughs> if I did the math, right, my husband makes money. Then I may get money. We make more than that. So like, I guess I should raise yeah. the number. So you just keep raising that financial blueprint and that thermostat to bring more in. But he has that thing where, you know, it's like you turn on the thermostat to cold, but you have the window open and it's hot outside. It's still going to, so you're still going to make a hundred thousand if that's all you feel you're worthy of. Yes. The book that I was referencing earlier is called the big leap. That's what it talks about your upper limits and conquering your hitting fears and taking your life to the next level. It's called the big leap. That's what I was talking about. It helps you understand your upper limit because that's what we do is we hit these upper limits. Like you said, oh, your upper limit was like, if I'm just making $100,000, then okay, that's good. That's not too much. It's modest, just enough. And we're good right there. So it's like, boop, you hit that upper limit. And because you keep saying that and you believe that, oh, that's, that's it, that's all, then you stop blocking that. You stop blocking, you start blocking your opportunities to receive more, to bring more in. And I could not agree with you more, Meredith, is that good people who have money do good things. It just, like our financial advisor says to us, our financial planner, he says, money's just an amplifier, right? It's given to us by God and it's an amplifier. You can do more good with it, amplify your goodness, or you can do more bad with it. It's just a choice. It's not partial to people. Money can be in my hand, And I can spend it and it can be in your hand the next day or the same day. Right. And I think he was saying it's just a tool, like a brick. Did the brick break the window? No, the person holding the brick broke the window. So it's just a tool and it's just energy. And I think the receiving, like you saying receiving. So some people are so good at giving it away, like give it away, give it away. But receiving it is really hard. And that's also some more work that they need to do because I remember he said in the book, he's like, when you find money on the ground, a penny on the ground, say, I'm a money magnet. I have a millionaire mind. And so we, my children started doing it and we find money everywhere. And so you just like, it just starts falling from the sky because it's all there. It's all abundant to us. But if we are blocked to it and we don't receive well, I learned this from my mom. I think it's a sweet thing. And it's also telling now of more things, but she will find money and just like toss it or she'll have cash change in her wallet and she'll throw it out so children can find it. So sweet. But you're also just like throwing money away instead of like, actually you are choosing the child to give it to, you know, you're being very intentional with things. I don't know. So it's just very interesting. Um, you know, that you're like, I can't hold on to money. Like it doesn't, it doesn't like me. It's a relationship. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And that, I think even exactly what you said about the receiving all of that. So what we're talking about right now is the same thing for in your business, receiving people to come onto your team, receiving clients, receiving the opportunity to help more people, receiving the money that comes with that exchange. Like that affects every area of your life and your business. 
And I tell my clients, I'm like, listen, you think you're just coming in here for a sales strategy, but do understand you are getting some mindset work. <laughs> like it doesn't come without it. You have to. Yep. There's always growth involved always. Every time. And something that I wanted to chat with you about, because you, you know, you didn't, you had friends in your life, family in your life, maybe a coach in your life that's saying, no, 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 you need to go into sales coaching. Like you have a gift and you were kind of resisting Go kind of go into that because you had people in your life who saw the gold in you. And I have a girlfriend like this right now. She's like, well, I'm just, I don't know. It's just, I love doing it. And I'm like, you need to make money doing that yeah. because you love doing it. So how can we monetize this gift that you have that people are actually needing what you do? Yes. Listen, this one came from being pushed out of my job, being the only African-American senior territory sales manager, like yada, 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 Right being pushed out of that and feeling rejected and feeling like something was taking away from me. And I thought that I released it. What I did, I did release it, but not fully. I didn't realize that I was still holding on to that. And it took a friend of mine who is a woman of faith who called it out of me, but like called it out of me to, it literally made me look at it in eye to eye and deal with it. Because once I was done with that, I was like, okay, God closed that door very clearly. I am done with that. Okay. I've released it. I'm done with it. I've closed that chapter, but it would not go away. First business coach I had, she was like, um, you really have this gift here and you've done it for 16 years. And I just hear how you talk about it. You need to serve women. This is something that they need that entrepreneurs, businesswomen need no longer, no further than that. My branding and marketing manager over and over and who's been with me from the beginning has said it. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. She's like, we really need to develop something. She's like, I have clients all the time as a branding marketing manager who don't know how to sell. They don't know what to do. And I don't have any I send them to. She's like, it, it's a request all the time. Then it was the year long mastermind that I was in first introductory call. You really need to develop something that serves women in regards to selling because they're uncomfortable with it, da, 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 whatever. I was like, yeah, uh, at some point I literally kept turning away until this friend, we are Marco Polo one night and she called it out. She's like, listen, the Holy spirit is speaking to me. And she's like, I just want to share this with you. Is it okay? And I was like, go for it. And she went there. She was like, I feel like you're being held back from this, even though it's really where you are meant to serve. And this belief of what was taken from you and what made you think you're not valid anymore to serve in that way is why you're not stepping into it. And I was like, no. And she was like, yeah, just sit with it for a little bit. I had you married and I was like, wow, I sat and I wrote, I wrote. And I was like, asking myself, like, why am I not? Why am I not? If I have this gift and people keep asking for it because my own current clients were asking for it. I was helping women starting out with meaningful success, going from career to calling. And they would be like, okay, I know I have this calling. I want to develop this, or I want to move to this new position, whatever. And they're like, but I don't know how to sell myself or I don't know how to sell my business. And I'm like, well, I don't really do that anymore because they know my background. I share that. And they're like, uh, I don't really do that anymore, but I can refer you to someone. <laughs> I would say that literally. And she pushed me and I had to sit with it. And she came back into that weekend on Sunday. And she was like, I want to hear, I want to talk. And we talked about it. And I was like, wow. And I told my husband, he was like, makes total sense. He's like, I don't know why you wouldn't be because <laughs> he's in sales too. He's like, I don't know why you wouldn't be. And so we made that pivot. And ever since then, it's been, it's just going, 
Yeah. Like let's address the word sales because everybody is selling something. Let's just talk about the word sales and let's help people be comfortable with the word. Yes. I think you said it, period. Everyone is selling something, whether you're selling yourself, your brand, your image, your business, and that is whether you're in corporate or an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. You are selling yourself, you're selling your personal brand, or you're selling your company brand. And it is one of the pillars and foundations of your business. You're selling yourself even as a human, like as a person, when you're walking out and about and you want to make friends, you're going to a new mommy group, you're going to a new school. You are always selling something. You're selling Jesus. You're selling Santa Claus. You're selling something. So when we get really weird, right? Yes. It's so I mean, we're selling our vegetables to our children. We are like, okay, listen, let me yeah. tell you something. This vegetable, I'm not kidding you. What I've said to my kids, I'm like, Hey, if you eat that, guess what it's doing to your eyeballs. You are going to be able to see clearer. Like I'm just, you know, and they're like, what? I'm like superpower eyeball nutrients. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like we are selling something to every single person. It doesn't matter what it is. And in any conversation, you're like, Hey, I have value to give. I'm going to share something that was valuable. I just sold myself, you know? So it's a skill set. Yes. That some people are just good at it. No, it's a skill set that can be worked on and to be developed. It's not something that certain people are good at and some people are born with it. No, it's a skill set and you have to put time, attention and energy and an investment of your time, attention, energy, to be better at it. Like it's okay. It's okay. And you, if you are a business owner, you better be doing it. Right. Yeah. And I think that with the confidence and everything being built up, so friends around you, family around you that are going to help you know who you are, build you up your relationship with God. But, um, because it is like you were saying, like it is every day, you know, like maybe you're having a down day and you don't really feel worthy of your clients or worthy of whatever it may be whatever the enemy's trying to trick you with, but always coming back to the place of this is who I am. This is the value that I give. This is the gift that I have. This is like, I'm worthy. And that was something I was going to ask you too. When did you decide like, I am worth way more than that? I know we kind of addressed it a little bit, but was it like the passing of your son? Was it like, Hey, life's too short and I'm not going to waste my time. If I'm giving you 120% and you're only giving me 50, I'm worth this much more to kind of level up the type of client that you get. Yeah. Well, I think, and it's happened in different times, right? The biggest and most pivotal point of my life was one, losing our first son in 2013 to the birth of our second son in 2014. Those for sure changed how I saw myself and what I desire and what I will deem myself like worthy of, right? Like why not? Why not? Because I'm a honoring my first son B I'm showing my son what that looks like because I want him to know for himself. And there's nobody better to show him that than me and his father Two, in my business. Again, it went back to knowing the value in what I bring. And that's why I tell my clients, is this really where you want to be? Are you serving in the way that you want to, in the way that lights you up, in the way that brings you purpose, in the way that brings you joy? I'm not talking about what you see someone over there doing. I'm talking about you. Because if you don't know that, you're not going to be able to stand firm on it. You can't build a foundation off shaky ground. And so because I know that 
so confidently that, and let's say if it's like, I haven't even developed a program yet, right? And if I'm launching something, I still can stand on the confidence of knowing that I know that I know that I know that I have a purpose and I am going to be able to serve well in this space because this is my space and I can serve well in that. And so when you can stand on that confidence and then you sit with yourself and to get into a pricing thing, it's sitting with yourself and understanding your time, your worth, your value, the level of expertise you're bringing. There's a lot of things that go into it. How long are you offering this thing? How much access are people having to you? What value are you bringing? Like there's so many variables, but also when you take into account those things, it's not some like perfect formula. It's so much deeper to explain. And sometimes it takes, sometimes I'll have clients that'll hit it right off because they already know gut wise, like I want to charge this. I feel like starting out, I am here. Or this client who's getting ready to level up something where they're like, this is where I am. Like, this is what I desire based off of this. Da, da, da. And then I have some clients that takes them maybe three weeks to get there because they're just not sitting with it yet. I'm like, come on, girl, <laughs> come on, let's sit with it. Even my current Glide client, I literally had to check him and text the other day. I'm like, hey, no, you do not get to back down. Like, come on, step up, understand your value and your worth. This is what this means to this client when you show up and you have to be monetized for that. There's no shame in that. So good. I love that. And I think that so many people, you were even saying that people leave money on the table, like they, and you help them find that out. You help them figure that out. Like, no, you're adding more value than that. Like raise your prices or, and just help them like really see it. And I think it does take an outsider to say that to you. Like, Hey, that would be really valuable to me because I'm not skilled in that way. And I would pay X, Y, and Z for that. Yes. Kind of take a poll. Yes. Let me tell you, market research is your biggest friend. You come with the number, but then you also go the step further to do the market research. See, people don't do that. They're so quick to be like, I know what people want. I know what my gift is. And it's this. Did you ask anybody? Like, hold on, back up, sister. Did you ask anybody? Did you go to your ideal client niche market and ask them specific questions to make sure you're on track? I just said it to a girl in the DMs the other day who was talking about possibly working with me. And I bought something of hers because I see value in it and I need it. And I said, for what you're giving, the value that it brings, and I know that personally because I am consuming it, I bought it, this is too much. I mean, this is too cheap. It's not enough. Yeah, when I was, I had an Etsy shop and I was making baby blankets and other things. And I I think I told you this, I had these beautiful blankets. I mean, I probably cost like 30, 40 bucks to even make it, not including my time and my energy and like away from my son. And I would sell them for like around 40 to 50 bucks. And that doesn't include shipping. No. Oh my gosh. My husband, my husband, like I'm not, that's why I'm in network marketing because even as a hairstylist, I'm like, it's fine. Just come in. Like, I know you because here's what like my mindset was. And I possibly have people out there who can relate to me. And if you can, please stop doing it. I would like offer to do wedding hair for free and for friends. And I would, because I felt bad and my top strength is woo. So winning others over. And I, just because I just love people and I want to serve them and I've got a skill and sure, I'll help you out. And I would, I lost so much money and time. Yes. Time I can never get back. But see, that's a worthy thing. That goes back. Like when I'm an Enneagram two, wing one, 
and the two is the helper. So it's no surprise that I'm a coach. I mean, like, let's be real here. <laughs> and I can also be two wing three, like I can swing wing three, which is overachiever. No surprise because I'm a type A perfectionist. But when I am in an unhealthy zone, it's that giving away to win others, right? Like it, it's, 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 I want to give, I want to serve, I want to over, but then like too much to basically win them. And that, that's not healthy, but that's where having that self-awareness lets you know that. So like that's growth, right? Yep. You did it, whatever, yep. <laughs> but it's growth in knowing that. And that's why I have my clients take a test. They can integrate because I'm like, I need you to know yourself. I need you to know your behavior, not even just your personality type, but what do those behaviors look like and how do they show up so you can know when you're operating from a healthy place and an unhealthy place. Yes. Because that matters in your business. Yes. So critical. Oh my gosh, I lost so much time and money in my life. But, but now you know better. Right. And I've learned from that. And um, I have like sought other people to say, like, no, you you should be charging for this or that, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's so, so important. And I did, I'm at seven and a wing three, but yeah, I think it's so important to know that about yourself and to just, it's the worthiness piece and just digging deep into that. I thought I was just winning for, oh, John Maxwell says, is it better for you to be loved and liked or to lead? And you're leading people. It's like teaching people to fish. You're leading people to be leaders. And so that was a really tough question for me. Like still even I'm like, but I like, not that I want to be loved, but I love having people and it's, it is better. That's like think of nature too, for a lot of us, that's like innate, right? So it's wrong, but yes. it get wrong when it's out of control. Well, and you think about like now being a mother, would I rather be loved or lead? And I want to raise these children up. I'm going to lead. I don't want them to love me. Like they don't need to love me right now. I'm going to discipline. I'm going to raise them up Absolutely. in the way that they should go. Absolutely. That's good, Meredith. That's good. But it's, again, it goes back to, you have the ability to be self-aware, to know that, you know what? Wow. Like this, this is what I desire. But that's the thing. None of this happens without the work, right? So if you are that person and you're hearing us revealing like all of these things and these mistakes we've made and vulnerabilities, like I do believe like we're all one and the same. Like we all have these pain points or these core beliefs or areas of development. Like we all have them. It's just committing. It's deciding that you want to be better. It's deciding that you want more. It's deciding that I want to step up for what I desire and being willing to do the work. That's all it is. Yep. It's a decision and it's important to draw the line in the sand and make an actual action step of I'm going to grow and I'm going to do the work to better my business. That's for anything. Weight loss, better health, whatever. Business, sales growth. It's for anything. A thousand percent. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I have a a few ending questions for you. So I love asking this. Well, number one, what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh, Meredith. I am like a book hopper. Oh, you do you do audible and you bounce around? Yes, I do iBooks and I bounce around. So let me tell you, let me listen. Listen, I'm going to open up my library. Let me tell you what I'm in the middle of right now. The Go-Givers. Love it. Go-Givers sell more. I am in the middle of what the most successful people do before breakfast. Ooh. Because I am not an early riser. Neither am I. I, I love to sleep. I love to sleep. Okay. And my husband's like, he gets up at four o'clock. He's at the gym by five. And I'm like, nope, I'll still be sleeping when you get back home. Absolutely. But I can stay up late, which is not good either. And then, you know, I keep on repeat is you are a badass at making money. Dude, it is is so good. 
right? Is she not so good? Like She's hilarious and it's like relatable. And then you just, oh my gosh. It's these nuggets. Like I have a phone, I have a note in my phone that I keep of just notes that I've like gathered. Yep. Gathered. From her. And then another one is right now, it's a book we just started. It's actually a devotional, but it's called Solo. Mm. And it's a message devotional. It's a 365 day devotional. It's based off of the principle around read, think, pray, live. Mm. So it's really about how you walk yourself through the scripture and the Bible and put in a perspective of how you read it, pray, think about it, and then actually live it out. And it's amazing. I'm Ooh, actually I love that. a group with four other women and it's wow. That's awesome. I'll have to look into that. And then my last question for you is what does leadership mean to you? And it's fun because everyone kind of has a different meaning. You know what, when I think of leadership, obviously what stands out to me is the H E R. (laughs) When I look at your branding around it, it's the H E R. So to me, it's about being a leader because I think we're a leader in all of our rights. We're all leaders. And I feel like some people disqualify themselves because they think, oh, well, I'm not doing what she's doing in the way that she's doing it. So I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. We say this in our church, no matter whether you serve in the parking lot or you serve in the salt store or you serve from the platform, every single one of us is a leader. And so I think it's about being a leader in your own life and in on your own way. And then also so that you can raise up other people to be leaders. Yeah. So if I'm a person that, let's say if I serve in the parking lot, I might not feel like that's a position of leadership. But once I own that and I'm like, oh, I am leading and I take full responsibility of that, I show up differently. And that other person who also may have an interest to serve, then I'm raising them up to be a leader and how to honor that position, whether you're in the parking lot or whether you're from the platform. So I really think it's this ripple effect that... I am responsible and called to lead in my own way and in my own right so that I can raise up other leaders and show them how to do the same and how to honor that and respect it and show up. Yeah, that's so good. It's so true. I think so many women discount themselves Oh gosh, of being a leader and it, it breaks my heart, but I know I was there too. I'm like, uh, who well, am I? Yeah, I feel the same way, Meredith. It's like if we, but you know what I think, Meredith, is by you leading us through this podcast, and you having these conversations, you are breaking the change. You are leading, see what you're doing. You're leading and then you're causing these other women who are listening to you to rise up and lead in their own way. And that's what it takes because it is heartbreaking, but it's because we are so caught up thinking and disqualifying ourselves and discrediting ourselves when someone else is like, wow, don't, wow, she's amazing, she's this. But it takes seeing someone else or hearing the real vulnerable, raw, authentic conversations like we're having for them to see, wow, like I'm her too. Wow, I can relate. Yeah, me too. Oh, wow, I am a leader in my own ways. So thank you for what you're doing because this is what's going to raise up other women. This, right, this podcast, your voice is what's doing it. Oh my gosh, I love that. Thank you. So- Last thing is, okay, so give us three things right now that you can tell these women who are feeling stuck, like they don't, I don't really want to sell or three things they can do right now to start selling. What are those three tips or things that they can do right now? Yeah, I think it's know your worth. And if you don't know it, get with someone who can speak life into you and to show you and reveal what that is and help you step into it. And that means the right people, because I always say seek wise counsel. Everybody does not get to speak into you because everybody doesn't have good intentions. Okay. Just saying. So 
keep good people close. So know your worth. Number two, have a servant's heart. Mm. Don't be so quick to take and take from people or want something or be getting ahead or taking people's money. No, serve, serve, Mm. serve first, bring value, bring value, study your craft, be good at it, know your business, be the lead, be the guide, be the expert. And then I would say within that, by being the expert is don't devalue yourself. Don't devalue your gift. Don't devalue your calling, your business. It doesn't matter what other people think, whether they get it or they don't get it, whether they agree or they don't, it doesn't matter. As long as you know, and you can sit and stand in your confidence, root that thing so deep in truth and share it. Yeah. Share, share, share. So good. Share, share. So good. Okay. So tell us right now how we can get a hold of you. If we want to work with you, what do you got going right now? Tell us all that. All the things. So you can find me everywhere. Instagram, my website, Facebook, LinkedIn. Everything is Natasha Hemingway with two M's. It's that easy. Website, NatashaHemingway.com. Instagram, Facebook, all that is Natasha Hemingway. So you can find me there. What I have going on right now is I just launched and I'm so excited and I'm going to be running out throughout the holiday season, probably into the new year too, is my heart, not hustle, personalized sales system. And that's where I get on with people for 90 minutes and I help them create their own authentic sales process so they can lead their sales conversation so that they can close people so they can close business and sales and, but doing it in an authentic and confident way. So literally helping them strategically map out what that looks like. How does it look to lead and guide a conversation? How does it look to close pitch, handle objections, all that. So we hop on 90 minutes, get that done. And then I turn around and give them a slide deck that has all of that stuff in there where they have their notes and everything that's customized to them. So we create a customized sales conversation. Then they get a 45 minute implementation call with me too. So that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay, guys, you're going to have to go message her and set that up. This just a little bit, there was a twinge in your spirit and your heart and your stomach. Like, Oh, I should probably message her, message her. Like just now start call her, have that, you said a 30 minute strategy call for yeah, free strategy call. Yeah. Message her and just have a chat and be blessed by that. Thank you so much, Natasha, for your time. Mm-hmm. You are a gift. You just gave us so much wisdom and I'm just so appreciative. Thank you, Meredith, for leading us and for giving us this gift through this podcast because it's needed. It's important. And I'm honored to be on your podcast and to be able to share and to call you my friend. Yay. So thank you. You're welcome. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know. I love hearing from you guys. Tag me on Instagram and make sure you subscribe and leave me a review and tell us what you loved most about this podcast. Don't forget to send this episode to someone in your life who you know needs to hear this message. I love adding value to all of you. So thank you so much for listening and sharing. It means the world to me.